Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. Y'all ready? Let's go. Gospel according to St. Mark chapter number four. I'm actually not going to read a lot of scripture because... um, the Lord gave me this message and it was all in just a few verses. And it's, it's I'm going to wring this passage dry. All right. Like I'm 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 going I'm I'm getting everything we can get out of it. Um, Mark, chapter four, verse thirty five. When you got it, say I got it. All right. Cool. It says this as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. And Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he would he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped. Suddenly, the wind stopped. Suddenly, not 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 two weeks later, not not a few minutes. It was suddenly the wind stopped and it was a great calm, not a not a kind of calm. It was it was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. So who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to pot roast cook this thing this morning. Uh, I'm coming to you from the title today of we're in the same boat. We're in the same boat. Can we pray? Father God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share with the people that I love, Father. I'm a part of this community, Lord, so it's, it, it's your message, it's your people God, so I pray that you would come and get your glory. God, speak through me to all of us. God, let people that are serving, God, get something from you this morning. In Jesus' name, somebody that believed it said, amen, amen. Um, um, does anybody in here like road trips? Show of hands, road trips, road trips. Okay, y'all were happy about that. Y'all are not my people. I don't like you. As a matter of fact, anything that's over four hours, I'm like, put me on a plane, bro. Like, now, where are my people that like to be on a plane? Show of hands. See, that's... Y'all my people. I love y'all. See, I was... Now, now, now being in ministry allows me the privilege of getting uh, to, to travel a little bit. And uh, one time I was coming home from Australia. Now, uh, if you don't know where Australia is, it's way over there, all right? Like, way over there. Um, I get on the plane, sit down on the plane. The first thing I realize that my brain computes is man is hot on this plane. Now, now, now being hot on a plane and being hot in a car are two different things. See, on a plane, they only give you that little bitty knob where you can either open up more air or, or close it. But if it's already hot, like, 
Somebody might as well be sitting here and just blowing your, their breath in your face. Now, at least in the car, right, and on a road trip, you can say, I'm hot, and you can turn, like, the air, you know, down, or you, I'm cold, and you can turn the heat up, right? On a plane, we can't talk to the captain and be like, bruh, like, I'm sitting in 26A in the back of the plane. The person next to me smells like boiled hot dog water. <laughs> Not the hot dogs themselves, just the water before you dump it out. It's hot. You got this smell. And then what makes the plane trip even worse, this is the worst flight I've ever been on, even worse, is, is, is there's a little baby <laughs> that is screaming his little head off. And I am frustrated. I'm like, you've been on earth for three months. You don't have anything to be that upset about. <laughs> you don't have no 1-800 numbers. You don't have any bills. You don't have marital problems. You just sit here and ride and eat and sleep and ride and eat and sleep. Why are you screaming this loud? So on top of it being hot, on top of me being in the back of the plane, because don't put me in the back of the plane. That's the worst. And then on top of this baby screaming, the, the captain gets over the intercom. And he says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, just wanted to the captain speaking. Just wanted to let you know that we're going to be going through a little bit of turbulence. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and turn on the seatbelt light. Flight attendants, make sure nobody's getting up to walk around. Just want to make sure everybody's safe. I don't know why they always speak like they're on a timer. <laughs> like nobody hears them. But all I heard was turbulence. Now, granted, I'm coming back from Australia. This flight is 13 and a half hours. The turbulence started to happen at about the four-hour mark. And so naturally, you know, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll just try to go to sleep. You know, that's going to work, right? No. Now, 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 we go through this God-forsaken thing called turbulence, and if you've never flown before, it's basically where the plane starts to rock and shake and vibrate and dip and ascend because they're trying to, they're trying to have control in these violent winds. And, 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 and it goes on for about 35, 45 minutes. And I'm like, can't you just fly under? under? Or can we go up over? Like, there's enough going wrong on this plane already. Like, I don't think you understand this baby or this hot dog smell or this heat. We need to go under this turbulence. I'm sitting there like, man, does the captain even care? Because the way he got on the intercom sounded like he wasn't really that concerned. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings me to our story today. You see, because... When I read this passage, I, 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 I see two things. I see two things, Aunt Cynthia. I see two things. I see a, a picture of humanity, and then I see a massive problem. So I'm just going to come out the gate. Like I said, can I preach it how I feel it? See, I see a massive problem because the disciples seem to only want Christ in a crisis. <laughs> and, 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 and this is the picture of humanity because... We're good on our own until we get to something that we can't control. We're good on our own until we hit some turbulence. We're good in a boat until we hit the storm. See, we only want Christ in a crisis, but let me give you some revelation. If you only want Christ in a crisis, you'll only know the beauty of him as a savior, but you'll never know the power of him as Lord. 
I'm going to say that again so that you get it. If you only want Christ in a crisis, you'll know the beauty of him as a savior, but you won't know the power of him as Lord. You see, being rescued and being led are two different things. <laughs> see, being saved is one thing. Being lorded over is another thing. See, a lot of times we fall in love with the rescue. But we don't want the leading. We, we, we fall in love with save me. Reach your hand out. God, pull me out of this mess. God, pull me out of these problems. But we don't want the, no, 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 you need to apologize. We don't want the, oh, no, 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 no. You're, you're in that mess because you stewarded your finances your, your finance wrong. Stop spending money on clothes. We want the rescue. We don't want the leading. See, I'm trying to help somebody today. Listen, let me give you a little bit of context, right? Mark chapter 4. Jesus had just finished preaching. Before we get to our section in 35, Jesus had just finished preaching. Uh, if you go through the whole fourth chapter, it's a bunch of different parables. He had just finished preaching to crowds. And as other preachers will tell you, when you've been talking to people all day, you get exhausted. <laughs> like, you preach and you pour out. And then you talk to people and you hug people and you cry with people. You celebrate with people. You pray with people. And then you're exhausted. And in a lot of cases like today, you stop, you reset, and you do it all over again. Jesus was tired. As my family would say, he tired. I'm tired. Like imagine Jesus preaching all day, all morning, and he lost an hour of sleep today. To come in and preach two services and then hug everybody. You, you, you'll get tired. So I really don't blame Jesus for being tired. I really don't. But here's what I want to point out. A little bit, a little bit more context. Can we go a little deeper? Can we go a little bit deeper? See, since Jesus was fully God, I'm going to give you some theology. He was fully God and fully man. That's why when the Bible says that, uh, that God never sleeps nor slumbers, this is why Jesus was able to sleep, because he was showing that he was fully God and he was fully man. He had to have the attributes of man. He had to go to sleep. He had to be tired because he still had flesh. But he was also still fully God, as you'll see later in the story. So this is, I don't blame Jesus for being tired. He's being who he's supposed to be. So he reconnects with his inner circle, his posse, squad. His gang, his clique, his group. The people that will follow Jesus the closest called the disciples. And they continue their journey. And he gets on a boat with them and he directs them to go to the other side. And then they hit a storm. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you, you've been rebuking your storm like it's always from the devil. What, what do you do when obeying Jesus walks you right into a storm? Jesus, I listened. You told me to get in the boat. You told me to go to the other side. What do you do when, 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 when Jesus tells you to do something and it walks you into the face of a storm? That's where we find the problem. This is that crisis that we're leaning on. See, sometimes Jesus, following Jesus will lead you into a stormy place. Let me explain to you what a storm is and what it represents in the Bible. It represents your problems. A storm is normally unpredictable, as you see with how many times the weatherman is wrong. It's normally uncontrollable. It's a, it's a situation. It's a happenstance. It's a, it's a problem. Jesus walks them right into the storm. And it doesn't ask your permission. Thunder didn't ask your permission to be loud. 
Lighten doesn't doesn't ask your uh, uh, permission to be to to strike or to flash. Your car didn't ask you permission to break down. Your marriage didn't ask permission to have problems. You didn't walk into the CEO's office and ask them to lay everybody off. See, storms happen to all of us. Listen, storms don't discriminate. I got scripture for it. Matthew 5.45 says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Lightning don't care about your character. Problems don't care about your merit. Problem doesn't care about your attendance record at church. See, I'm trying to help somebody this morning because I'm trying to get you out of having an Uber app relationship with Jesus. You know the one where you, you open the version Bible, I mean the version. The, the I mean the, the Uber app when you only need something? You, you know when you open it up when you need to get from point A to point B, but as long as you can drive your own car, as long as you can get there on your own, you... Okay, I'm, I'm going to talk to this side. See, this is, what the, this is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me. Jesus is not your first aid kit. He's a complete healer. It's not your first aid kit that you pull a band-aid out when you got a problem. He's your complete healer. He wants to be connected to you at all times. See, that first aid kit philosophy is a Jesus relationship that's convenient when you need him. But a connective relationship with the healer says, you know what, Lord, I don't know if I'm sick or not, but Lord, you do. And since I'm connected to you, I'm just going to pray for healing anyway. You know what? Since I'm connected to you, God, I don't know if there's anything wrong with my body, but Lord, I know that I'm not going to receive it because I am connected to the healer. I'm trying to move you out of an Uber relationship with Jesus and move you into one where you are consistent with him. It's not that sometimes he drives. It's that he drives all the time. All the time. All the time. I'm coming, for, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to your front door. Hold on. Just hold on. You see, because Jesus, the Savior, is only one part of him. But he's trying to reveal so much more to you about his character. The problem, that you, you, the problem is you don't see it because you only get to the Savior situationally. When the situation seems fit, then I'm going to lean on Jesus. When the situation says, I need him, then I'm going to lean on Jesus. But you don't want to to get all that God has for you until you say, God, show up whenever you want to show up. God, show up in my challenge me. Challenge me. Change me. Heal me. Grow me at all times. Whenever you see fit, not just when I ask for We're going a little bit deeper. I promise we're going somewhere. See, I don't really blame the disciples. I really don't. Because let me give you a little bit more theology. One of the disciples was named Peter. And Peter, Peter was a fisherman. Let me back that up. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples and Peter was a fisherman. Peter was a fisherman. They get out in a boat and they go to the other side, okay? So Peter is reprimanded for being terrified along with the rest of the disciples, but Peter is a fisherman. That that, that, that started to bother me because I feel like I don't blame Peter. If Peter is a fisherman and has been a fisherman his whole life until Jesus got to him, then that tells me that he would know whether a storm is threatening or not. He's been on the water a bunch of times. He's been in a boat 
a bunch of times. So to me, it makes sense. Could you imagine being on that same plane? The same plane I just talked about. And instead of that captain speaking like he did, he got on there and said, uh, how y'all doing? <laughs> Ooh, you might need to start making your peace. Because I don't know if we going to make it. I'm scared. And hung the intercom up. Could you imagine what would be going through your mind? The first thing that would be going through my mind is I didn't buy the Wi-Fi plan to text my wife. The second thing was, man, it's still hot. The third thing is, now I'm screaming as loud as the baby is. <laughs> Could you imagine if the captain of the plane got on there and was terrified? He's qualified to know which turbulence he should be worried about. But Peter was, was scared, but I'd be scared too. But here's where, where, where it starts to get good. Bible says this, that Jesus was sleeping. Not only was he sleeping, Jesus had the nerve, the gall, the unmitigated audacity and temerity to sleep on a cushion. Like, get comfortable sleeping. Like, he wasn't just like, uh, you know, mid-conversation, doze off sleep. Like, Jesus got on there planning to go to sleep. Like, Jesus curled up. First of all, I don't know if Jesus was a stomach sleeper or... <laughs> Jesus curled up on that cushion, and everybody was talking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he went to sleep. Jesus is sleeping on the boat. Bible says that a storm hits and the, the waves are rising above the boat and water is starting to get in the boat. And he's asleep through water entering the boat. He's asleep through the thunder. He's asleep through the lightning. And the disciples yell at him and, terif and, and, and terrified. They yell at him and they yell in fear and they say, don't you notice that we're about to drown? What do you do when you're in your storm, when you're in your problem, but your Savior seems satisfied with being asleep? What do you do when you're in the middle of your storm and your Savior seems satisfied with being silent? Do you hear me, Jesus? Don't you? You, you got to make this make sense. You're sleeping. And I'm losing. You're sleeping and I'm suicidal. You're sleeping and I'm struggling. You're sleeping and the business deal is falling through. You're sleeping and I'm unemployed. You're sleeping and I can't sleep. How is it, Jesus, that you're satisfied? You're comfortable. You got a cushion. You're comfortable sleeping and I'm about to drown. Can I tell you one of the cheat codes to life? I've been on earth about not that long. <laughs> I've been walking with Jesus consistently in even shorter time. But one thing that I've found in my own life, walking with Christ, is the, one of the cheat codes is this. It's how you see your storm will determine how you handle it. Let me say it another way. How you perceive will determine how you proceed. Let me say it another way. How you see your problem will determine how you persevere. Yeah. 
Listen, if you see your storm as an obstacle, it'll always be something to get over. But if you see your storm as an opportunity, then now the possibilities are open for whatever God wants to do. Listen, you've been seeing your storm the wrong way your whole life. You've been seeing your struggle the wrong way your whole life. You know what? This is how you should start to see it. You know, if, if the captain isn't worried. If Jesus is in control of everything and he's not going to panic, then I'm not going to panic. If Jesus ain't going to be worried, then I'm not going to be worried. If Jesus not having anxiety, then I'm not having anxiety. If Jesus isn't concerned, then guess what? I'm not concerned. As a matter of fact, Jesus, if you're going to sleep, you might as well scoot over because you can do more than I can. And I'm just going to go ahead and go to sleep too. It doesn't make no sense for me to stay up and you're going to go to sleep. God, you got more ability than I have. You have more power than I have. You have more authority than I have. So Jesus, you know what? If you're going to sleep, you might as well scoot over. You might as well scoot over. You want one of the cheat codes to life? Go to sleep. When he's silent, you be silent. When he's sleeping, you sleep. If he's not saying nothing to that person at work, then you don't say nothing to that person at work. If he's not changing your spouse right now, then you don't try to change your spouse right now. I'm trying to help somebody today because you've been wearing some responsibility that you weren't designed to carry. Let me calm down before I You You've been trying to wear some responsibility That you don't got the power to carry You don't have the ability to carry How dare you have the arrogance to think that you can change your situation if he's not going to We're talking about the almighty God We're talking about Jesus Listen to me. Listen to me. Hear me. Hear me out. If Jesus isn't concerned, then you stop being concerned. You can see it as an obstacle or you can see it as an opportunity. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, he's sleeping because he's getting ready to show me something. Jesus is getting ready to show you something. Jesus is getting ready to show you something. Jesus is getting ready to show you something. Jesus, he's getting ready to show you something. He's sleeping because he's getting ready to show you something. He wants to show you something. He wants to show you something. Listen, he's sleeping because he's getting ready to show you something. Either Jesus is fully in control or he's not in control at all. Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. He proved that he was Lord by the power of his word. He got up and he looked at the storm, the wind and the waves. The Bible says that he shouted at it. He said, silence. Be still. If you're old school, it said, peace. Be still. Let me ask you something. Did he ask the storm a question? Did he make a suggestion? No. Did he make it optional? No. Matter of fact, listen, listen, let me show you how powerful, how much Lord God is. Jesus spoke to something that had no life and had no ears and it still had to listen. Yeah. 
Water don't have no ears, but it still had to listen to what he said. Wind has no ears, but it still had to listen to what he said. Listen, the storm had no ears. It has no life. But you worried about your kid coming back home? His word is what heals. His word is where his power is. He speaks to something and it is. He says, let there be and there was. There is no argument. There is no debate. He speaks to something and there is. Why? Because he said so. See, I grew up a little old school. I don't know if some other people grew up this way. But when I got tired of getting my butt whooped, I stopped asking why. Because I knew from my parents the answer was going to be the same. Come down here and wash these dishes. Why? Because I said so. (laughs) Clean up your room. Why? Because I said so. Listen, I can't wait to have kids because there's two things I can't wait to say. (laughs) One is because I said so. And the other is, do you got some McDonald's money? Because I said so. And do you have some McDonald's money? Listen, because when you have authority, you don't need explanation for your word. I don't got to ask my mama why. Because I said so is good enough. When Jesus says something, it just has to be. So when he says peace, there's peace. When he says silence, there's silence. When he says be still, as a matter of fact, that phrase in the Greek, give you a little bit more theology. That phrase in the Greek means to be muzzled. In other words, shut up. Shut up. When he speaks to your storm, it has to stop. It has to stop. Because he has the authority. Just stick with me. We're going somewhere. What does that have to do with you? What does that have to do with you? You've forgotten what kind of authority God has. See, in this moment... With the disciples, he was proven to him and proven to them that he had lordship. That is why at the end of the chapter, they say, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? They obey. They listen and obey. They heard and they did. Jesus revealed himself by controlling something that seemed uncontrollable. That is what showed that he was not just savior. He was also Lord. That's why we say our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he's not just the rescuer, but he has the authority. Authority. But none of that, none of that is what messed me up about the story. None of that. All of that you might have heard before. But here's what messed me up about the story because... I've read this story about a hundred times. I've heard it preached about as many times. But in verse 36, this is what what got me. The Bible says that, wait a second, other boats followed. When I looked in my Bible, I said, now I know I've read this story. Like, is my Bible broke? Like, did somebody put something? I know I read this story. The Bible says that other boats followed see normally you read it and you hear that Jesus pulled away from the crowd and he gets on the boat and he speaks to the storm and they say who is this man that the wind and the waves obey him 
And that's it. The Bible says that other boats followed them the whole time. There were other people in the same space, in the same situation, at the same time, on the same sea, going through the same storm. But Jesus wasn't in the boat with them. Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. Okay, wait a second. The Holy Spirit reminded me that even when you think you're alone, even when you think you're the only one going through your problem, you're not the only one that can't sleep at night. You're not the only one that's still promiscuous but loves the Lord. You're not the only one that's a divorcee. You're not the only one with a porn addiction. You're not the only one with a record. You thought you were the only one in this storm. You're never alone. There's always somebody else dealing with the same thing that you were dealing with. Here's what he spoke to me that made it powerful. The disciples in his boat asked for the storm to stop. That storm didn't just stop over their boat. That, 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 that storm stopped on the entire sea. And not later, it was suddenly. So suddenly happened for them and suddenly happened for everybody else. Listen, I don't know who this is for, but you have to get your miracle. You have to get what you need from God because it's not just for you. When he gives you victory, it's going to be for everybody around you. When he gives you healing, it's going to be for everybody around you. And when he gives you joy, it's going to be for everybody around you. When you get to rest, it's going to be for everybody around you. Everybody in the house gets to go to sleep now that you're not walking the floor. Everybody in your business gets a raise because you closed the deal. He never gives you just a win for you. There's people in this room right now. I can attest to it as the band comes up and plays something that makes me sound more spiritual. <laughs> There's people in this room right now. I can tell you the story. And Tim wouldn't mind me preaching. I told you he's been mentoring me most of my adult life. Tim's story, similar to mine, a lot of the battles, dealing with porn addictions, dealing with promiscuity, dealing with all of these things to look for acceptance and people pleasing. Jesus healed it in Tim years ago so that he could use Tim to heal it in me, so that he can use me to heal it in you, so that he can use you to heal it in somebody else. When he gives you a victory, it's never just for you. It's always for the other boats around you. It's always for everybody else involved. Listen to me and hear me and hear me well. Don't be selfish. Because of your pain, share your struggle. Share your struggle. As he performs that miracle, it'll help everybody around you. See, Jesus did something else phenomenal on that boat. I got five minutes. I'm about to close. It's like, Devante, where are the points to this message? We always have points. I got one point. I got one, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to craft it and put it at the end. He did something else phenomenal on that boat. Watch this last little bit of context, and then we're going home. It says, says this, that he, 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 he did something bigger than, than, than everything that I had just mentioned. 
he identified a, a problem in the heart of the disciples. He said, why were you still afraid? Do you still have no faith? In other words, why weren't you courageous? You still doubt? You weren't certain about who I was. So we got faith and we got doubt. We got fear and we have courage. We have the knowledge of who he is and we have ignorance. All of these are opposing forces going on in the heart or as some would call it a whirlwind of emotions. He identified the whirlwind in the heart of the disciples. I question, I question this, I question this. Last thing that blew my mind, I told you I'm gonna ring this, 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 this passage dry. Last thing that, ring, that, 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 that blew my mind, he laid down on a cushion. Water was getting in the boat, that didn't wake him up. Thunder was roaring, that didn't wake him up. Lightning was flashing. That didn't wake him up. The weather didn't wake him up. All of that he could sleep through. But the second his disciples said, the second his disciples walked up to Jesus and asked him for help, he got right up. So Jesus, you slept through the storm, but you always hear my voice. You always hear my cries. You always hear my pain. You always hear my tears. You always hear my struggle. You can sleep in the storm, but you won't sleep through my voice. He heard their voices because a good father's ear is always tuned to his baby. I remember being in grocery stores growing up, and I wouldn't call my mama by name. But when I would lose her, I would say, Mama. And she would respond. It's not like she was the only mama in the store, but she knew my voice. She knew my voice. That is what Jesus is doing in this passage. He knows his children's voice. He knows it. He can sleep through your storm. He has control over that. But your heart, he gave you free will. So when you use it to call him, it moves something special on the inside of him. And he, he I hear you. And he gets up and immediately addresses their problem. He says, silence. Be still. And suddenly the storm stopped. And then he addresses that heart. Here's, I, got, I, got, I got one thing. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. This whole message is about one point. I got one point. That one point is, just, is this. Jesus is more concerned with calming the storm on the inside of you than he is the one around you. They went through a whirlwind of emotions. The Holy Spirit said, Devante, the biggest storm on that water was not the wind and the waves. It was the one that was going on in their hearts about who I was. And I'm more concerned about combing that storm than I am about combing the storm that they're afraid of. The water wouldn't dare drown me. The lightning wouldn't dare drown me. The, 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 the clouds, the wind wouldn't dare overthrow the boat while I'm on it. But your heart, your heart, I need to be on the inside of. Your heart, you got to give me permission. So when you use your free will to call on Jesus, he's more concerned with calming the storm inside of you than he is with the one around you. 
And if calming the storm around you is what it's going to take, then so be it. If giving you a prophetic word is what it's going to take, then so be it. If throwing his arms around you is what it's going to take, then so be it. But I need you to understand that he cares about your heart so much that he'll sleep in a storm just for you to realize that you can lean on him at all times. Don't just celebrate this, this survival. Celebrate the Savior. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.